You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. That's Liam Hendricks on this program, Socks in the Basement, in the offseason as part of the $1,000 guest bounty. He was one of the guests brought in did not win $1,000, surprisingly. I thought Liam Hendricks on the show was a shoe in I think it actually came in third in the voting. You can get in on that. We're going to talk about it a little bit later on here in the program because the $1,000 guest bounty returns. But those comments right there, indicative of a team that just expected to go to the postseason, and maybe it's that attitude that prompted the Guardians' locker room when they won the division to be chanting, F the White Sox, and they used the full word, and fire Tony over and over again, the videos out on social media, rubbing it in and laughing about the White Sox, mocking them openly in the locker room when they clinched the title. And the Sox deserve it. They deserve it for the way they played all year. The, the organization deserves it for the train wreck that is Tony La Russa and the way that the roster was put together by Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams. And the way that the team not only doesn't sweep like they have to, or even win two out of three, rolled over. And then get swept by the Tigers like they just gave up. They deserve all of the mockery that the Guardians locker room gave them, Ed. They do. They deserve every little single bit of it. I'm sorry. You know, look, question my fandom. Go ahead. You know, I'm not not supportive of these guys 100% down the... No, I'm not supportive of this team right now because it's insane what we've had to sit through and go through to be told that we'd be in a championship window and then to watch this team, the hubris of this team, to sit there and say, we're going to take this division. If I were Cleveland or if I were Minnesota, if they had won, I would be doing the exact same thing because they were told at the start of this year, the White Sox are running away with this division. This division is crap. There's nobody else that's even going to contend. No one's going to matter. And here the Sox are just getting knocked out like a chump at the end of the season after having to put on a desperation run because we sat there. And from June, I want to say from June, we started showing stretches of games. We're like, well, this is it. They got to make their move here. This is it. Well, you know what? The this is it came down to pretty much sweep the team in front of you and then hope like hell that they go under 500 the rest of the way so that you don't have to sweep everything from here on out watching them celebrate with a chant, an FU chant to your team. I mean, come on. This is this is the most embarrassing division loss I think a team could possibly suffer. And maybe we should petition the major league offices to move the Sox back to the AL West like they were back in the day. Let's just go out West. The Mariners probably aren't going to chant F anything. They might just throw fish at us. This episode of Sox in the Basement, just like every episode of Sox in the Basement, Brought to you by Family Waterproofing Solutions. You heard the ad at the beginning of the show. Uh, remember, if you mention Socks in the Basement, when you give them a call at 708-330-4466, you get money off. See what a difference a family makes at FamilyDry.com. I mean, it, look, 
the Guardians, the Guardians social media accounts, the Guardians fans, they're all getting it in on all of us. And, you know, we deserve it. Look, there's a there's a Saks in the Basement tweet where I put out on May 9th, which was my birthday. I was feeling saucy that it didn't matter what Naylor had done coming back. You remember he had that crazy game against the White Sox and the Sox blow that thing. Oh, at the yeah, end. yeah. I remember the date because it was my birthday. I, I actually was out celebrating, watching it, thinking I was about to watch a White Sox win. And then nothing. They just they just fall apart. They crumble. It was indicative of their entire season. And I tweeted something out like, they'll still be watching the White Sox in October from their couch. Trust me. Guardians fans have found that and retweeted it. I didn't delete it, though. I'll own it. Because at the time, I believed it, and I'm going to own right. it. Right. At the time, it, it made sense. Right. I'm not like the corporate podcast, that account, the, the NBC Sports one that, that deleted their tweet of Will Smith standing alone in his living room on the Fresh Prince, asking whether or not the rest of the Central was going to show up, which, by the way, the Guardians account went after and mocked after they won their division. They had a chip on their shoulder all year. Oh, yeah. That team. They were a young team that had a chip on their shoulder, and they went after everyone. They had the receipts. And you know what? They deserved it. And here's the thing. We had a team that sat around and said, we're the best and couldn't back it up. I would much rather have the team that said, no, 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 we're going to kick your butt. That attitude on that team is something this team doesn't have. And that's why I'm frustrated when I see the Bob Nightingale story over the weekend where they're still not sure there's there's infighting within the White Sox, according to Bob Nightingale, over whether or not they're even going to retain Tony. What do you mean? There's there's actual people that want to keep there him? There should be no fight. Are you kidding yeah. me? And then, and no then fight. they can't figure out whether or not they want to keep going with this group or tear it down again. Well, let me tell you something right now. If you're tearing it down, whoever builds it back up shouldn't be the same group that failed at this multiple times. Not only did you have the rebuild that started in, in, in 2016. What rebuild? But then you had the rebuild earlier on that decade in which it was a retool. And your, your point, rebuild. I know what you want to say. Your point, Ed, is what rebuild? You said this on the last show. You took a little bit of flack for it. Dive into it for me because I find your take on this fascinating. Everybody looked at what we did leading up to this window as a rebuild, and you contend Twice the White Sox front office has said they're doing something that they didn't fully commit to. Why? Okay, the, the bill of goods we were sold in 2016 after the 2016 season when that disappointing team with a couple of young stars and, and, and what was a younger roster again than this one is right now than the 2022 Sox. Okay, by, by just you know a, a year and a half, two years average. But they said we got to tear this thing down to the studs, right? We got we got to rip this thing apart and we got to build it back up from the ground up to the point where we would have sustainable success, right? That was Rick Hahn's words. And then when we get that, when those guys are ready, the money will be spent. That was what we were told. Well, okay, so to do that, the rebuild is you take the young stars, you take the assets that you have that are worth something to the rest of the major leagues and you flip those for young controllable players and prospects. Rick did that. And I'm not going to deny that he did that. The Chris Sale trade yielded Yohan Moncada and Michael Kopek. The Jose Quintana trade yielded Eloy Jimenez and Dylan Cease. Adam Eaton got you Lucas Giolito, Ronaldo Lopez, Dane Dunning, who then was then turned around and flipped after at the end of the quote-unquote rebuild for, for Lance Lynn. So he, he was able to accomplish that. Baking the big, splashy trades of his stars was the easy part. That's not hard. It's not hard to sell a team on Chris Sale. At the time, other than the fact that he was a uniform-slashing, eccentric weirdo, he was a Cy Young candidate. So, you know, you get good stuff back for him. But what Rick Hahn didn't do, 
was he didn't rebuild the organization. The minor league system is still top-heavy. We are talking about a handful of prospects that might have a chance that are big-name international signings or first-round picks. We are not talking about a farm system that can sustain success because what was brought up this year from the farm that really helped out? Jimmy Lambert, right? Isn't it? Romy Gonzalez towards the end. Sebi Zavala. These guys are guys that the Sox actively tried to block Sebi Zavala with Zach Collins for how many years? Because he was a first-round pick. Romy Gonzalez flamed out last year. He came up. He played really well at the start. He started to slow down here a little bit at the end, which is, you know, indicative. He's not considered to be a high-level talent. Lennon Sosa was a complete flop. Jimmy Lambert was supposed to be one of your middle, like your third or fourth starter on this team when they're ready to compete. And instead, he's a high-leverage bullpen arm, kind of the way Ronaldo Lopez turned into. So you've got some pieces, and I understand that's how that works. But look at what the Guardians did. They just won the division. They are a team that is a younger team. In 2018, they won the division. 2019, they finished second. They decided to start tearing it down. They trade Trevor Bauer because he's a complete nut job, and they need him off their team, and they need his number off the books to get something for him before he hits ridiculous free agency. So they trade him to the Reds, and they get a handful of players, none of whom have turned into what helped him this year. Then they decide, okay, we're really tearing this thing down. We're trading our star shortstop, Francisco Lindor. We are trading our ace pitcher, Mike Clevenger. And for those two trades... They managed to turn them into the following players that just kicked the White Sox ass. Austin Hedges, Josh Naylor, Andres Jimenez, Ahmed Rosario, and Cal Quantrill. Okay? So that's just off of those two and, trades. And all those guys I remember kicking our butt this year. Like it's like, Absolutely. Hey, like, look at the return. In addition, they, they take a couple of minor leaguers and grab Miles Straw, who's their, their starting center fielder. Oscar Gonzalez is an international signing. Emmanuel Clase is an international signing. But they draft, oh, and I forgot Owen Miller was part of the, the Clevenger trade. But they draft Shane Bieber, Tristan McKenzie, Zach Plezak, Aaron Savali. Not all in the first round. Only McKenzie's a first round pick out of that group. Also drafted Eli Morgan, who's been in their bullpen and had a pretty good year. Sam Henches. Uh, originally, Brian Shaw was part of their, their minor league system. James Karinchak is part of their minor league system. Here's what the Guardians did to get here, folks. And what Rick Hahn didn't do. Going and looking at their, from 2018 through now, their offseason transactions are a bunch of minor league trades. It is They are active in claiming guys off of waivers. They are claiming guys in the Rule 5 draft. They are building up minor league equity. They are building up young players. When they make a trade, they don't necessarily go for the big name. Mike Clevenger gets them, and, and two of their minor leaguers, doesn't get them the top prospect in baseball and a guy who's supposed to be a front-end starter only, the way Chris Sale did for the White Sox. It gets them their starting catcher, a starting infielder, a starting outfielder slash first baseman, a guy who was a failed starting pitcher in San Diego that they were then able to turn around and find some use for in Cal Quantrill, who's been a pretty good pitcher. And they're able to turn these you know, three guys, a main guy and two smaller guys, into four or five guys that are going to help them win a division. They were able to turn Francisco Lindor not into a couple of prospects or guys that could pan out. Instead, they are turned into a couple of young, controllable players that have formed the middle of their infield. And the only guy that they've held over is Jose Ramirez. Everybody else, Stephen Kwan is a draft pick. They've drafted well. They get minor leaguers in. They bolster their farm system. That's how you tear it down and build it back up. And that's nothing like what the White Sox did. You're right. There's a difference. There has to be a switch in how they do this. From what they have been doing. You can switch to a new age of life, you or a loved one. For those that have a hard time getting around the house, maybe thinking about assisted living, 
maybe a fall risk. There are so many advances in technology just over the last five to 10 years, and Hyatt Home Medical Equipment has all of the options right there for you in their big, beautiful showroom right here on the south side. It's all about staying independent and staying in the home. Plus, they have all the latest when it comes to CPAP machines for sleep apnea, diabetes control, oxygen tanks for those that need it. They're going to work with your insurance, and they're going to give you a discount if you mention socks in the basement. I want you to check out hhme.com and see all they have to offer. Stop in and see the folks over at Hyatt Home Medical Equipment, 3518 West 95th Street in Evergreen Park. So give me the difference between what the Guardians did then and the White Sox with Rick Hahn. What Rick Hahn did was constantly give us one or two prospects to dangle in front of us. The, the Sox prospects that came up and have panned out th- that they've drafted, Andrew Vaughn, Gavin Sheets, who I would submit as a platoon player and still we can't, you can't say that he's a, a, an everyday guy. Sebi Zavala, who they tried to block with Zach Collins, who was the higher draft pick. Romy Gonzalez was a draft pick. And then you've got a couple of guys in the bullpen. Garrett Crochet, I understand he was hurt. Uh, you don't have anybody in your rotation that's an actual White Sox draftee. You've got Jimmy Lambert. You you constantly get Rick Hahn saying, we're rebuilding. But what he did was he grabbed a few prospects, and then he continued to fill in. You watch his, you look at his transaction page. It's old major leaguers. It's guys who are bench guys on other teams. It's guys like Matt Reynolds, okay, or Adam Hazley, who are not, prospects, not upside guys. These are guys that are what they are by the time the White Sox get to them. They sign guys like Mike Wright Jr. and Tanner Banks, who are limited pitchers, who are quad A guys that could have some use. And I'm not saying the Tanner Banks hasn't been useful this year. Mike Wright Jr. wasn't useful last year. But you're not looking for upside constantly. You're not filling in minor leaguers. You're not looking for young players. What Rick Hahn did is what Kenny Williams used to do. Here are my couple of good prospects. Let me lock them down. And then I'm going to fill in with whatever veterans and high-priced, splashy free agents I can, and I'm going to throw money at all these different guys that are major league guys because I can't develop talent, evidently, because I can't draft anything outside the first round. And that's where the White Sox are. And, and somebody tell me I'm wrong about that. Show me where we've got a starting rotation with fourth round, 12th round, fifth round picks bolstering it. In fact, one of them being the ace of the staff. We don't. We have other people's prospects that Rick traded for. And even then, I would submit Lucas Giolito and Ronaldo Lopez have not worked out the way they, they were intended to. Michael Kopech has not worked out the way he intended to. And Yohan Moncada has not worked out the way he was supposed to. Yohan Moncada is not befitting of his top prospect level. Absolute bust. Okay, Yohan Moncada, absolute bust. I can't even have a conversation about him with somebody now if they're going to start arguing with me. Oh, no, no, he's going to turn the corner one day. He just played his year 27 season. Bring up the back of his baseball card. Okay, he is what he is. He's a replacement level third baseman who plays a high upside third base defensively when he feels like it and is is bad at the plate. And every once in a while, he does something good. I mean, you, you know what you're going to pay you on Moncada over the next two years? I, if you look at his contract, it'll make you sick. And, and this goes back to anybody that says the White Sox will never pay an average value to a contract of 25 to $30 million a year. Well, look at what they're going to pay you on for the next two years. Because in year three here, in, in, in 2025, you got to buy him out for $5 million or give him $25 million. Unless something drastic happens, you're buying him out. So take that $5 million and add it to what you're going to do next year and the year after that. He comes in at about $24 million a year. That's what you're going to pay for a guy whose war this year, his B war was 0.7 
who, who hit about 211. Maybe it was 220. I can't. I don't have it in front of me. As of right now, as we're sitting here talking right now, 211 with a 630 OPS for your 27-year-old, soon to be 28-year-old third baseman. You think Tim Anderson's going to be happy with getting his 12.5 million option, knowing that guy's making twice as much as him? <laughs> you want to see locker room uh, anger or, or somebody that's uh, disenfranchised. If he hasn't put that together yet, he will. All right. And that guy stands right next to him all year long. And T.A. outperforms him at the plate. This is a real problem. Yoan Moncada will be the third highest paid player behind Lance Lynn and Yasmani Grandal. OK. And then eventually he makes he makes around 24 million the year after that. And, you, and you're locked into that. You can't you can't do anything about it. If you look at this roster. Yes. If you look at this roster for the White Sox for next year. The biggest issue is you have so many guys that are under contract, and some of them you cannot move, that are going to be part of the roster next year. Like Grandal and Moncada's money can't be moved because they're both players that are not playing well, coming off of terrible seasons. Grandal, with his age, nobody's going to believe that that guy's bouncing back. I don't believe it. In reality, you're going to be paying, what, is it around $18 million for a backup catcher? Because Zavala's a better player. Zavala's worth more. $18,250,000 for a guy who is going to be a backup catcher and the occasional DH, assuming that you can find room in your 10 DH rotation that you have on this team. Right, and if A.J. Pollock picks up his player option and decides he wants to just take $10 million to stand in left field, you got him and Robert, and then you got Sheets and Wright uh, or Oscar Colas. Maybe maybe he shows up, but I don't know what he's going to be when he gets to the major league level. So far, so good in the minors, but I don't know what he's going to be. Jimenez is a DH, and he's your best hitter. He really is. He's your best hitter. Oh, yeah, 100%. He's a bat. It's a shame that he can't play a, an outfield position, and you're worried he's going to get hurt every day, but that's what he is. And and when I look at that lineup, and I see that right now second base again, it's going to be, are you going to give $5.5 million to pick up the option for Harrison? Is that worth it? You already have the albatross of the $5.5 million for the 26th man on the team, which is Larry Garcia for next year and the year after that. Nobody wants that contract. And the White Sox aren't going to just drop him unless you get somebody new in the front office who doesn't care about Rick Hahn's mistakes. And so then you have the question about Abreu, and you have to sit there and think to yourself, well, are there a couple of pieces? Are we just a couple of pieces away and everybody rebounds next year? And, and do you want to keep Abreu because we're a couple of pieces away? Or do we need a, a big overhaul here? And if we need a big overhaul, Andrew Vaughn, even though he's 50 points behind him in his OPS this year and 50 points behind him on his, in his OBP and it hit 277, Andrew Vaughn is a young player that is going to eventually surpass Jose Abreu. Abreu's arrow is down, slightly down, but down. He's slowly moving down in his career. He's in the back end of it. And Vaughn's at the beginning. I hear these people saying, I'll get rid of Vaughn and keep Abreu. Well, that's a pretty short-term solution. And it's these decisions, and I see, I, I keep going back to what Nightingale's article said uh, over the weekend, and the mouthpiece, man. He he generally gets his stuff, I always feel, like from Reinstorf or Kenny Williams. The idea that there's internal discussions over whether or not you're going to keep LaRusa, and this isn't a done deal yet that you're getting rid of him, and the idea that you don't know whether or not you want to tear it down. If you're making massive moves to this roster, somebody else should be making the moves because the guys that are in there have shown repeatedly they're incapable of doing so. And as a White Sox fan, you should be angry. When they call you to talk about season tickets, you should be vocal. When they send out something asking for a, your opinion, give it for crying out loud, okay? You you should be angry about what's going on right now with the team. You should be angry about the report. They don't know what they're doing yet. How do you not know what you're doing yet? Why are you so far behind on this curve? And what you hope is that Reinsdorf will look at this and say, what, what is going on here? Maybe I really do need to change people in here. 
but he probably doesn't. He probably doesn't care. You know, he, he really is the most frustrating owner. He really is. We've reached a point with him where you're just sitting around waiting for new ownership. Unless this man does something that completely shocks me and actually does the right thing and removes the problems and the people that have continuously made decisions with your roster and your team over a long period of time, we're talking here, a decade or so, at some point, winning in 2005 shouldn't give Kenny Williams a lifetime job. Winning in 2005 shouldn't mean that everybody that was in the front office at that time has a job somewhere. At some point, you have to say, okay, that was great. What have you done over the last decade or so? If they're going to do anything major with this roster, somebody else has to be the one that pulls the strings and does it at this point. And the manager has to be changed. I'm just, I don't know what, to, I need something happy. How about we, I want to give you some audio from this weekend. We went to a couple of Oktoberfest and we were out in Lamont, had a great time out there, met a ton of people. I'm sure there's some new listeners to the show who met us and said hi and signed up right there on the site. And then we uh, we did the same thing at Hailstorm Brewing, the official brewery of Socks in the Basement. And uh, this is what it sounded like when I got out there. I talked with Chris Schiller. He is the owner of Hailstorm. Day two is when this was recorded during their two-day Oktoberfest over the weekend. <laughs> official brewery for Saks in the Basement on day two of their entire weekend of Oktoberfesting. Chris Schiller's here. I love your place. It's perfect for Oktoberfest. And seriously, this beer hall that you have with everything draped up on the on the ceiling and the flag, I feel like I'm in Munich for crying out loud. How are you? Great. I'm great. Thank you, Chris. Thanks for being here and thanks for all the kind words. And we love this time of year. It's, it's just super fun for us. I'm I'm part German. I don't know if our brewer is. I'll have to ask him sometime. But the way he brews, especially traditional German-style beers, he's got to be somewhat German somewhere because his his skills are just fantastic in this area. So our Oktoberfest hit it out of the park, I think, this year. He, he's got a new alt beer on, which in German just means old. And uh, that is fantastic. It's dry and crisp and very fall and and it just really goes with the season really well so we've, we've had a super time so far yesterday was just a blowout party we had a great turnout we're super grateful for that uh we had a fantastic uh, umpa band who's back here today uh so we're gonna enjoy them again and just just keep the party going we got Take Me to Your Liter. Uh, it's, it's a great Oktoberfest. Hopefully it'll be on tap here for a while, but I'm sure you're going through a ton of it right now. Give me one other beer right now you got on tap that I should try after I have this one. Oh, it'd definitely be that alt beer. That's that's really hitting a home run right now. Something the Sox haven't done quite enough of this year, but but hopefully for next year we love the Sox. But yeah, definitely try the alt beer. It's it's really good. That's awesome. Hailstorm Brewing, the official brewery of Sox in the basement. Chris, uh, thank you so much for having us here to Oktoberfest 2022. Thank you so much. Thanks for coming out. We always love having you. Prost. Prost. Hailstorm's located in Tinley Park, 8060 186th Street, right off of 80th Avenue. Had a great time. Wore me down a little bit. You know, I think I talked about it last week. Like, I was fighting something. And then I was like, well, I'm not missing these, these Oktoberfests, and I feel good, so I'm going to go. And then, like, you know, my body was like, you probably should have just kind of eased yourself back into it, not just tried to drink an entire festival two days in a row. I'm a little worn out. I like the fire you have, because you're 
you're kind of carrying things today, my friend, because like you're you're upset about this lack of a rebuild. Well, you, you you said something just a second ago before we started talking about Hailstorm that really struck me, which is people are sitting there hoping these guys will rebound or get better. Well, that suggests you still think that this is a young team that that is on the upswing. So I'm going to point this out. The Guardians had no regular position players for them this year that were over 30. They had two backup catchers, Luke Malley and Sandy Leone, that were over 30 years old. Everybody else is under 30, okay? Their pitching staff, none of their starting pitchers that they used, which includes former White Sox Connor Pilkington, are over 30 years old. In fact, none of them are over 28. They're all 27 and younger. Their bullpen, with the exception of the immortal Brian Shaw, who had a 549 ERA and sounds like he'd fit right in on the south side of Chicago, everybody was under the age of 30. The only other guy that they had on the roster that was 30 years old that threw a pitch for them this year was Anthony Goes, who's been on the 60-day injured list. Meanwhile, the White Sox had a 33-year-old catcher, 35-year-old first baseman, a 34-year-old second baseman, a 29-year-old Tim Anderson at shortstop, Yohan Moncada's 27, A.J. Pollock's 34, and you also had Larry Garcia, who's 31, Adam Engel, who's 30, Sebi Zavala, for his part, is 28 years old, even Jake Berger, who's a young guy, is 26. Really, other than Luis Robert, Aloy Jimenez, and Gavin Sheets and Andrew Vaughn, even Gavin Sheets is 26, he's getting kind of up there. These are not guys that are, are on the upswing. These are guys that are either in their prime or past. And on your pitching staff, what are you going to do in the bullpen You've got Ronaldo Lopez, who had a good year. Jimmy Lambert, who appeared to had a good year over the course of 39 games only. But you've got Joe Kelly under contract. He's been horrible yeah, this year. Yeah, you're back with him next year. Jose Ruiz still has the naked pictures of everybody involved in the White he'll Sox. Be on the, he'll be on the roster. He'll be on the roster. Yeah, he'll oh, be yeah. on there. Uh, for some reason, Matt Foster continues to be a name that's around. Kendall Graveman's under contract. Of course, Liam Hendricks is under contract, and I'm okay with Liam at age 33 coming back. He is still Liam freaking Hendricks. Davis Martin is the only other guy that came up from the minors this year that did a darn thing, and that's over the course of 12 games, seven starts. And right now, if you actually pencil in the five-man rotation, he's in there, isn't he? Like, I mean, until they figure out what they're going to do. If I'm Johnny Cueto, I'm not necessarily coming back to this bunch. Right, Johnny Cueto's not coming back. You have Cease, Lynn, Kopech, and Giolito, and then you have Davis Martin as you go into the offseason. And so you know you need to address your rotation. You know you need to change some of the attitude on the team. You know you need to move guys around. This goes back to something I said a month or so ago that some people didn't like that I said. But if you're going to make massive changes to the team, if you're going to move things around, what are your valuable pieces that you can move? You can't move Moncati. You can't move Grandal. You're going to pick up Anderson for $12.5 million, and that's going to be an extremely valuable contract to somebody. Again, though, I don't trust the guys that are in there to get what they should get for a guy like Tim Anderson. And I don't think they'll move him because they they put so much around him, even though change the game should really be changed as a slogan. Like, you can't come back with that next year. Not after this. Not after this embarrassment. You can't come back. You have to change everything. Like, the PR department has to know. Like, they'll do testing in the offseason about that, and people, that'll come back terribly. Jerry Reinsdorf, your team slogan for next year is, change your socks. <laughs> That's perfect. Change your socks. That, that should literally be what the slogan is for this team in the offseason. And by changing your socks, that means you got to get rid of the, the front office socks that are in the drawer. They're old. They have holes in them. They, they don't keep you as warm as they were promised to. The, the elastic bands worn out on those things. Okay. You, you they're, put, like, they're like the pseudo nylon dress socks right. that, that nobody wears anymore. Right. That's yeah. what Rick Hahn is, though. He's, the, he's like the fancy pair of socks that after you put it on a few times, they're falling apart, right? 
Like they're they're dressing. Right. It's fancy with that Harvard Law degree, but there's no actual baseball experience or talent evaluation in his history. And he's shown that all he's really good at doing is looking at the MLB pipeline top 100 list and trading away players that are high-end starters like Chris Sale and moving those guys for guys on the list. Like, I could do that. Like, I could do that in my fantasy baseball league. You could do that. Anybody listening to the show can pick a guy in the first round and have the same kind of success as Rick Hahn. Every single one of us can do that. All you got to do is listen to a couple of podcasts and, and, and check out some of these lists that are online. There's plenty of experts giving away that information. He hasn't done anything, in my opinion, that 90% of baseball fans could do. Not all baseball fans, okay? I mean, there's always no, somebody out there who's a little, a little nuts and has some crazy ideas and stuff like that. But what 90% of, of baseball fans could do. And and that's what he is. He's that pair of socks. You bought them. They were fancy. And then after you wore them a few times, you're like, I don't know. I mean, why are we holding on to them? Change your socks. I love change your socks. That'll be change your socks. That's going to be one of our hashtags. I'm doing that. We're also going to be talking a lot this offseason about the $1,000 guest bounty. Remember, if you have a guest that you can get on this show, and they're a big name, or they're somebody interesting. Like, let's say you're friends with somebody who went out and did a couple of movies in Hollywood. It doesn't mean to be like baseball. People assume that it's got to be like baseball orientated. I'll talk to anybody, right? Like, I, Oh, yeah, it, we'll, we'll talk to whoever. Right. If it's somebody interesting, it'd be great if they were a Sox fan, or they're at least like a household name, or we go with a baseball person. It doesn't need to be a Chicago White Sox player, too. You know, like one of the guys I would love to get is I'd love to talk to that kid from the Royals, Mike Massey, you know? I, oh, yeah. I went Local I went to I, I want did he go to Brother Rice? I want to say he went to Brother Rice. I went to Brother Rice. And he'd be interesting to talk to because he grew up a White Sox fan and then played against this team. Wouldn't he be great to listen to what he thought of this team? You know, you know, deep down, he probably still follows them because I got the impression when we, when he was doing interviews that he still keeps track of the team that he used to sit in the stands and watch, even though he's not playing for them. I mean, you could see the tension. I watched him play in person when the Royals came to town. And you could see, man, it was a big deal for him to be standing in that ballpark swinging. I would love that. Like, if you get him on the show, he could be the reason why you're $1,000 richer by winning the $1,000 guest bounty. It's all brought to you by Parente and Norum, one of our new friends here on Saks in the Basement. Uh, any kind of injury that you you get, whether it's a car accident or let's say that you're injured at work, Parente and Norum, they've been doing this thing for a long time, over $400 million they have gotten for their injured clients. They're going to give you a free case evaluation for all you Socks in the Basement listeners. Call or text them today at 312-641-5926 or visit pninjurylaw.com, the proud sponsors of the $1,000 guest bounty. We gave away $1,000 last year to a listener who was able to get a good guest in, then ran the gamut when we did the polling of everybody at the end of the offseason, like which one was the best one, and then I wrote him a check and sent it to him. Okay, and I can't wait to send somebody else a thousand dollars. I think we're going to have a lot of fun this offseason. We're going to have to talk about our offseason plans. I know we're going to have to do that here coming up again. I'm, I'm leaning towards letting go of Jose Abreu as I, and I know Jose Abreu is good and I like Jose Abreu and Jose Abreu is going to be good for another team out there. But you can't convince me that we're two players away from going to the World Series because there's an attitude problem on this team, because this is a team that after they got swept by the Guardians, got swept by the Tigers. OK, there's there's a real issue on this team. And Miguel Cairo is not the answer. I saw that in the Bob Nightingale thing, too. Like, maybe we'll make Miguel Cairo the manager. I wouldn't do that. Remember when we said a month ago, this is no, a, this no, is his no, tryout. No. I didn't see him do enough that makes him a major league manager for my team. Go outside the organization for people in the front office. Go outside the organization for your manager and then go outside the organization and start acquiring guys. Start breaking a few eggs to make the omelet as painful as it may be. 
I, I'm sure I own a jersey of a White Sox player that should be traded this offseason, who I enjoy watching play. But you're gonna, you, you can't just walk back in with the same group and expect anything less than what you got got this year. It, it's going to be the same result. No, it's going to be worse in low likelihood because, again, it's a team of guys that are either at their peak right now or on their downside. Change your socks. Change your business socks. Change the ones you wear every day. Change your athletic socks. Just change it top to bottom. Clear the whole drawer out. Go buy brand new ones. Change your socks. You don't have to spend a lot of money on them. You go to the dollar store. You can still get good socks. <laughs> change your socks. <laughs> Booby, Jerry, change your socks. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always on SocksInTheBasement.com.